of your not favorite podcast but maybe one that you listen to yes that's right it's batter's box office hi i'm heather and that's maddie and we're here today talking about an actual good movie uh that i really really liked but we'll get to all that in a minute it's Moneyball because you know black friday just happened uh when we're recording this we just got through with a very capitalist heavy weekend and um, it gets you thinking about money and business and uh, and the trickeries that are involved with that side of baseball that they did an excellent job, in my opinion, of depicting. And I have all the praise. Maddie, did you like money? Or first, Maddie, give them a give them a summary. How can I get ahead of myself like that? OK, so this is a really brief summary for once okay oakland a's gm billy bean is handicapped with the lowest salary constraint in baseball if he ever wants to win the world series billy must find a competitive advantage billy is about to turn baseball on its ear when he uses statistical data to analyze and place Mm. value on the players he picks for the team Mm. and you know what I, i will answer your question moneyball is not only my favorite baseball movie it's one of my favorite movies probably it's so of good. all time yeah i think I think it's one of the best movies, and I that comes from somebody who failed economics, who knows nothing mm. about money and finance. The mm. movie is just, I think, so enjoyable to watch as a fan, and especially mm. after the weird baseball um, situation we've had going on with players going to the Rangers, players going to the Tigers. Yep. I think this movie, honestly, is perfect timing, like you said, with everything, yeah. so... I was very excited to watch this again. This is mm. probably my third time watching it, mm. uh, which I know when we do this, I always say I've never seen the movie. And yeah, this is one that I've seen and I really like this movie. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, this is my second time seeing it. But when it came out the first time, I was much younger and not as involved, believe it or not, in the baseball world. I was a fan, mm. but not as active a fan as I am now. So just a whole right. other perspective. Um, and, and I do, we, we, you know, it is a good time because we're in the off season and there's trades happening and there's, uh, well, not as many trades right now, but there's definitely free agent signings happening right now. Um, and it's just, you know, a big, a big point of contention with the union and with, uh, the, the player, I'm sorry, the players union and the owners, um, is going to be the salary floor. In other words, every team has to spend a minimum certain amount of money, which I am hugely in favor for, because maybe then the narrative won't be so much the Dodgers pay for their players, which we already know they don't, because a lot of their players are, they drafted, um, and, you know, or homegrown in some way. And the narrative would be more that, okay, every team is rich, so every team can afford to pay players. It's just a matter of if they want to or not. Like I think the I think the owner, I the, don't quote me on this, but like the owner with the least amount of money in baseball is still like a hundred millionaire. Oh, um, most definitely. Like so, 
this narrative of like, oh, they're the tiny little engine that could. Stop it. These are all rich teams. And P.S. the Dodgers, nor the Yankees, are the richest team in baseball. Um, I forget who. That might go to the Diamondbacks. It's some. It's it's not what you're expecting. I mean, and the Mets yeah. now have a super rich owner, too. So, uh, yeah. 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 So, anyway, I, I just think the narrative is really interesting and how they play with that in this movie. But, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, I'm going to start from the beginning here. Um, and... Uh, I just thought so much of the movie was so relatable. So much of the movie, like, I felt it. This was the first movie that we've seen where I'm, like, I actually feel an emotional tie. Like, I'm not just an outsider watching this. Like, I'm in it with him. And I want to talk about Brad Pitt and how brilliant. And he's so hot, too. Oh, yeah. Um, He's so brilliant and gorgeous. Yeah, let's get that out of the way real quick. No! He, no! He no, deserves, no! 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 We have to put it, no, 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 to put it out no. there. Brad Pitt later! Brad Pitt later! Brad Pitt later! <laughs> First! Brad Pitt later! Brad Pitt later! Mm-hmm. First! Hold your horses. I want to talk about the pain of losing the NLC... Or, I'm sorry, the ALCS. That opening scene, before we even really get into Brad Pitt. We don't even know much about Brad Pitt yet. Just mm-hmm. seeing Oakland lose... Uh, like that was so... Every Dodger fan knows that kind of pain. Um, and I guess the difference being like the Yankees were the big budget team and sort of the Dodgers, but I really felt that it was so relatable. We had just gone through that. The Dodgers just lost it in the NLCS. So, um, I hated that. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about, you want to talk about Brad Pitt now? (laughs) Okay. Well, first off, I'm going to say that this is a true story for those people who don't know this is based on a book. And it's based on the real 2002 season, a.k.a. my birth year. So I was just born when everything was happening. And also, as somebody growing up on the East Coast, West Coast baseball and kind of the narrative that this movie paints is very, like you said, it's really relatable. But it's also so unique that it's it wasn't highly publicized when you think about it it's definitely something that happened internally Mm. which i think in baseball nowadays like we overlook it yeah and so i think it's really and i think that was the great unique thing about this movie to see number one what the fans see in the 2001 postseason and then you fast forward to okay this is what goes on in every day-to-day life in the clubhouse these are the meetings the scouts are having this is what Mm. billy bean is having. And I think that was something really interesting right off the bat that they did um, with obviously, you know, Brad Pitt. I think there couldn't have been a better casting, honestly, for Billy Bean than Brad Pitt in this. And deservedly so. I think this movie got like what, six Oscar nominations or something? Yes. It got a few. And I think that was really interesting. Another thing I think we have to talk about right off the bat is mm. the character Peter Brand, which oh, so Jonah Hill plays. So good. Brilliant, brilliant player. The interesting thing that I did learn, though, um, about, about, I think it was the first time I watched the movie, he, the character Peter Brand is not real. It's fictional. Right. And it's a collection of, I, I think it's one guy in particular, I don't remember his name, but he went kind of anonymously throughout the system um but i think jonah hill does a great 
job too. I feel like we just have to talk about the acting first before we even get into it because I feel like the movie for once when we're talking about a movie we're not confused. I feel like we both understood the movie good and point. all of the plot. So that's always good. Um but yeah, no, both of them are really interesting. This movie was very quotable to me. There were so many I think mm. the script writing was insanely good in this movie. Um yeah. You know, in the opening after the opening scene of them losing, we get shots of Billy Bean on the phone with like multiple other people. And they say a line in particular where they were talking about, it's like we're a farm scene, farm system for the New York Yankees. And I was like, you know, I'm really glad we're getting a Yankees villain movie. I've been waiting for a Yankees villain movie for so long as a Mets fan that this movie was perfect for me going into it. Um, yeah, the, right, it wasn't, yeah, in a sense, yeah, I guess there was a theme there of, like, the big boys with the lots of money, although they didn't talk about the Dodgers, oddly, um, I think the Dodgers might have been broke back then, the Dodgers went through a period of bad, 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 bad ownership, um, and to this day, the parking, the price to park in Dodger Stadium is still affected because of it. Um, and, uh, but they talked about the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, in, in that context of having a lot of money. Um, yeah, you know, but I, yes, I have yet to see a movie, maybe there is one where it more like attacks the Yankees. I haven't seen that yet. Um, this one, this one was more, uh, about him actually at the beginning wanting more of a budget and not getting it um Mm -hmm. and wanting to be more like those big market teams and being frustrated because of it um but yeah to go back uh so um i just want to talk about brad pitt uh if i may because he is so gorgeous i thought billy bean was gay but maybe i'm confusing people but I think you are. Uh, who? Somebody in the A. Some famous. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. Anyway, he's not gay in the movie uh, at <laughs> all. Um, and uh, he's so hot. He's so talented, and he's so effortless. The scenes between him and Jonah Hill were my favorites. All of them. Um, I just think they have such a hilarious dynamic. There was a there was a sexism at the beginning. Um, you know, in the war room, in that scene when they're when he's making everybody mad by not wanting to to go for certain players and wanting to get others. Um, and there was also no diversity there. And he was sort of putting these old white men in their place. Yes, I know that he's white also, but there was something cool about that uh, that felt progressive because his thinking was progressive in that context. Um, and I just want to say I fucking love Jonah Hill too. Um, he was an econ major, he said, and I was an econ major, so I understood a lot of this in that, in that way, and I understood them. The only thing I want to call out at the beginning of the movie was that, uh, Billy would, um, what do you call that, like, chew dip? Or, like, what's the thing when you spit into a cup? That's disgusting. You know me and gross things. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that was really nasty. Um, and I love the way that they used analytics. 
just to, again, at the beginning, I think Dodgers need more of that on-base percentage thing that they kept going on and on about at the beginning because um, that's such a clever way of looking at people. Who gets on-base the most and who strikes out the least? I think that's such a great way. And now we see it all the time with sabermetrics. I mean, so many people, he he influenced the way baseball was was managed um, and how teams were assembled. So we owe a lot to Billy Bean. Um, here's one gripe I do have with the movie, just to start us off with a little bit of complaints. Okay. Um, Chris Pratt. You know, so we obviously have our problems with Chris Pratt because he's an asshole and we've learned that. Should I be saying this, like, in the public? Can I get, like, blackballed? No, I feel like you could say it. Twitter already said it. Okay, so, so like, everybody... Yeah. Yeah, but if I want to, like, if I'm an aspiring television actress and writer, should I be saying that Chris Pratt is an asshole? I don't know. I uh, mean, do you really want Chris Pratt to... I mean, you want him working on your potential movie scripts? If not, then I feel like it's okay. Okay. We'll go with it. I don't like the way he treated on affairs. That's why I call him an asshole. There are reasons. It is fair reasons why I call him an asshole. And I think we all agree on that. Oh, 100%. Um... So when I saw, I forgot, I had forgotten that he was in the movie. And so when I saw him, uh, he plays Scott, is it? Uh, Scott Hattenberg, yeah. Scott Scott Hattenberg, that's right. And um, he ended up playing kind of a pivotal-ish role in the movie. I do want to point out an overarching concept that we do need to get out of the way. It's kind of the elephant in the room. No, even with Billy Bean's genius, they haven't won the World Series still. So, and Billy Bean's still with them, so... Yeah, that is true. Billy Bean could have been in the Mets organization. I remember when that was floating around this past yeah. year. Um, and, and that's what I think is really interesting. And I don't want to skip to the very, very end of the movie where they really talk about kind of his lasting impact in baseball and yeah. what ended yeah. up happening after. But right. it it definitely set the tone for it. And I think while he might have not accomplished anything himself, it definitely that whole mentality translated. And, you know, later down the line, we saw teams obviously use it to their advantage. Um, but to talk about the the Chris Pratt acting, <laughs> this is this is like pre-Marvel Chris Pratt. Of era, course. Isn't it? This is Wait, okay. It's like pre Parks and Rec, I think. Or is it at the really? same time, maybe? Well, this movie came out in 2011. Oh, so it's it's sort of yeah, it's kind of at the end of it's the end of kind of uh, let me look up when Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's at the end because Parks and Rec was like early two thousand. Well, uh, that's interesting. I really think it's interesting when you look at how they casted like it's like mid, guys. It's like mid Parks and Rec. It's like the height of okay. Parks and Rec. Yeah. But I still think that's really interesting why they casted two arguably like comedic rolled guys, Jonah Hill and him yes. in this drama. This is like mm. this is not really a a comedy movie. Of course there's like funny one-liners that people have in here, mm. but it is like through and through like a drama historical fiction kind of yes. thing. Yes. Um, which was really interesting, and I think that was so perfect for this movie. And I, I noticed a lot just directing. I, I really want to talk about the directing choices too. Sure, is that throughout the movie, when you see those one-on-one -on -one scenes, like you talked like about with Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt, their chemistry on screen was really good, and 
I, I really enjoyed the fact that when you watched those scenes too, it was like dead silent. It's literally just them talking. There's no background music to it. And I think in a movie where you're really trying to pay homage to somebody who's alive and talk about what they've accomplished, it was a really good choice. I thought it was directed very well. The The best movie we've seen probably since. There wasn't a lot of plot holes, I don't think, because of yeah. how detailed the book was. And we've obviously had those problems. Um, but one thing in particular, too, that I was really... I really liked is the focus on his backstory as well. Um, so basically, for those who haven't seen the movie or don't know anything about Billy Bean, he was a really talented player in the early 80s. And he entered he was um, approached by a lot of people mm. prior to the 84 season draft. and yeah. the draft. Yeah. And the Mets in particular were a huge and they were very interested in him. However, the big complication he had at the time was he, everyone thought he was going to go play at Stanford. I'm pretty sure it was Stanford, right? Yeah. College. And that ended up getting him passed over by a lot of teams. He went like 23rd, I think, in the draft when he could have gone number one overall. But what was really interesting at that time, especially as a Mets fan, because we know 86 was our last World Series win. But they talk about mm -hmm. the comparison between him and Daryl Strawberry, who everybody knows now is a fantastic, one of the best Mets players, honestly, one Former of my Dodger. favorites. Former Dodger. So I think it's really interesting to see how this person who had a, a flub in their baseball playing career, because then you see the montage of him throughout the years decline at the plate. And mm. I really loved that scene um, and that shot they were doing. Um, another cool thing I learned is that any away stadiums they used in this movie were all Dodger Stadium. They, <sighs> they filmed at Dodger Stadium for all of their aways to for the budget, which was really cool. Yes. Um, but it's so it's so really interesting to watch. I think his progression as a person to know really his background in baseball because I think often with a lot of terrible management, they have no experience in baseball or they have amazing success that they have like an ego. Mm. Um, so it's really nice to see somebody, especially on this team that is pretty much bankrupt at this point. They, they make the illusion that it's, you know, there's the Yankees, there's like the Red Sox, then there's 50 feet of shit. And then there's us. That was also one of my favorite lines, but it's really about, a team that is nothing and their manager and you know has nothing at the time it's i think it's very inspiring in that way more than like a field of dreams movie which we watched last time where that's supposed to be the most inspiring baseball movie mm. um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i didn't first of all i did not know about the every away uh, stadium was filmed at Dodger Stadium. It makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, locationally, because it's all filmed right here in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, um, it, yes, I would say kind of as you were saying, there was an eye-opening component to this movie just in like, well, A, well, 
Um, so, okay, we all know Jason Giambi. First of all, okay, so the A's, just to go backwards a little bit, the A's had stars that left for higher-paying franchises, and one was Giambi. And we all know that, like, Giambi is, like, a very hated figure um, for, like, multiple reasons. Like, there was, like, alcohol and and, and uh, abuse and, like, domestic violence or something. Again, I could be wrong, but I know that name, Giambi. I remember yeah. Giambi. Um, a lot of comparisons to him. And, he, and it's funny, like, in hindsight, you think about great players and Giambi never comes to the brain, but that keeps coming up. Oh my God, how are you going to get the next Giambi? Who's going to be the next Giambi? You know, whatever. Um, as the token woke person of this podcast, I must, I must now point out that the only real like female character besides his daughter, which by the way, that song that she sings was like the first song ever bought on my iPod Nano, uh, just for like reference. Um, my blue iPod, I think my sister bought it on her green iPod Nano and we shared an account. So I, I got it, uh, just to date me a little bit. Um, the only female was like an asshole reporter that nobody wanted to talk to. And I, I have Mm -hmm. to just, as an aside, point that out. Um, we still need females and people of color in baseball. This is like, this is something that hasn't changed. Um, since and you know you mentioned that billy was a star in college and it's just interesting like he he turned out to be a flub he didn't pan out as a star in major league baseball at all and it's just interesting like you think about him and even though he was he didn't work out as a player he worked out very well as a manager and i i, I sort of relate this all back to that progressive thing because you know, women, uh, it, it shows you that you don't need to play baseball at all, really, to be a great person in a front office. And I could go on my high horse. We'll get to this when we watch a league of their own. But women in baseball should be a sport that women play, in my in very humble opinion. But even more so, it, it's so obvious that more women should be in front offices. Because you don't need to be a guy. Like, I, that's just what I felt throughout watching this movie. Um, yeah, and I think and they make a they make a funny quip when I think it was the head scout approached Billy, like really angry about the decisions he's making, and he fires him, and then he walks into the room of like a bunch of employees and he just points at somebody and goes, Do you have you played baseball? And he goes, I played T ball like when I was a kid. He said, right. Great, you're hired. Right. So and and they make the they make another funny joke about um What's the what's the term when you're a child? Nepotism, the nepotism of a lot of sports things. Um, specifically, I saw it a lot with the Mets, with the former owners, with the nepotism yes. that went along with that. That yeah, um, somebody got a jo- he made a joke um, about whose nephew are you and how'd you get your job at your first job. So right. I I really liked the call out to a couple of those things in particular, because I think it really helped build back up more like a foundation for the team. I think that it's much easier to root for a team that isn't rooted in like nepotism or just a bunch of billionaires running it. And they talk a lot about the concept to buy wins. You don't buy players and you buy runs. Yeah. Which is something I feel like 
doesn't happen anymore. I know we had that period of like post the 2002 season with everything that Billy Bean kind of introduced and we saw that happen with a couple of teams. Now it's back to buying players. And the Mets just did that. I will I will say the Mets just bought somebody. They Old. bought Max Scherzer. Old and aging. <laughs> so have fun. You are um, you already hate him now that he's left the Dodgers. No, I, I it was way too much money. I mean, we're talking about a movie where they have to like pinch pennies. Um, oh yeah. It was too much money. He's 37 years old. I that was a that was a move that Billy would never ever do. That was no, an example. Yeah. No, that's true. I know they make yeah, they talk about money a lot in this, but as somebody who, like I said, I failed microeconomics the first time I took it. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that I did. Anyway, I did understand and they make it really, I think, digestible for the watcher to follow money. Mm. In yes. which they talk about yes. one player. I think I I can't remember if it was um Haddenberg they talk about or it was Bradford but they say oh you know he should be a three million dollar player we'll get him for 250,000 right which is I think really impressive Mm. and I think everything going on now with like player negotiations and how their lawyers work with everything you lose a lot of sight of like what the value actually is of the player and I, I think it really also brings into question, like, what is the most important statistic when you're looking for a player? Like, it gets overlooked to the point where you're just like, I recognize the name. Therefore, we're going to take him. We want him. He's on the market. Mm. And it com- and, and you know what? And I will say something. And that that is point A example of what happened with Joey Gallo on the Yankees. That man mm. was supposed to be the big star, the big buy when the Yankees got him, and he did awful. Right. He did Terrible. So bad last really bad. year. Yeah. So it's just, I think when you watch this movie again, you don't realize that this is happening every single day in baseball and mm. nobody is talking about it and no manager and no ownership is recognizing it, which is so weird to me. Mm. So we've talked we've talked in in length about the money side mm-hmm. and there's the business side of it. I want to now mm-hmm. pivot to the emotion side of it. Because there was a lot of that and that's what I really connected. I mean, the way Billy doesn't watch games. Uh, I also don't watch games. Like I don't <laughs> watch games. Um and I watched the play-by-play on Google. They have like a good, if you guys know, they have like a good play-by-play where you can see what was thrown and what they swung at and blah, blah, blah in plays, uh, you know, runs out, you know, that. But I don't watch the players in real time uh, live because unless I go to a game, which happens every now and again, but I really don't like to watch games because it makes me too nervous. And obviously it made him nervous too. So that was something that I really connected with and I didn't think other people did, much less people that work at the organization that, they, that they're that they supposed to run and oversee. Um, so that was really a point that I related to with Billy emotionally because I could see how hard it was for him and, and them losing, even regular season losses. I'm the same way. So I really related to that as well. I thought the scenes between Billy and Art, we haven't talked about Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest mm. in peace. Um, that's his name, right? Art? Um, yes. And, yes. Um, and I thought they were all fantastic. Just the way the emotion of Philip Seymour Hoffman 
when he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're screwing me over. Like how a manager relates to a GM, just fascinating. And you think about that in every organization and you think about managers that maybe don't get along with GMs and how that affects the team and that cohesion that's needed for them to really have success, uh, which I think, again, to not to go back to the Dodgers all the time, but I think the Dodgers <laughs> do a really good job um, on the administration side of like being in, in lockstep. At least it seems that way. But again, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. So um, this, this leads me, um, you know, Obviously, at the beginning of the movie, we see that the A's, this newly configured A's team, which with very oddball players, old, some old players that are undervalued, some um, relievers that throw funny, some uh, guys like Scott who get on base but don't really, they're not stars. It's just a lot of not stars put together, and they lose a lot at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, and and before before we even get into their whole winning thing, yes. an emotional thing that I thought was interesting behind the scenes yes. was Bean's attachment style towards the players where yes. they he gets asked, you know, why aren't you in the clubhouse more? Why aren't you going to engage with your players? And we kind of learn throughout the thing is he doesn't want to attach himself to these players that he knows he's going to have to trade, he's going to have to cut at moment's notice for yes. money, for new talent. And I think that's so interesting because it's not even about baseball. It's just about real life and how yeah. you have you have that weird attachment towards mm. other people and you don't want to get too close to people because mm. you know, oh my gosh, any second this person can leave. Yeah. You don't want to engage. And it was really, I think, touching to see him over the season, over their entire course, him getting to know and really relating to his players where you would see him happily finally in the clubhouse asking yeah. people about themselves, which to me is something else that we never get to see. Never. We really don't. And mm -hmm. I think that makes it so much more relatable because this whole team, no matter what is shown on the field, like, for example, when we look at Giambi's brother, Jeremy, he's described in the very beginning as a guy that goes to strip clubs. He's heavy on weed. He just has a bad attitude. But you get to see him in the clubhouse. Mm. You get to see the interactions with him and Billy Bean and Art and everybody that you never get portrayed in the media, which I think was very cool to see and also it made it more personal i think yeah with the movie yeah um yeah i mean we got a lot of behind the scenes stuff um and i love billy just like taking control with with a uh, jeremy giambi and just like mm -hmm. stop I, I mean that was so cool just like an asshole put in this place like we all love to see that oh, yeah. um but as I was saying, so yeah, so they lose a bunch, and then they win a whole bunch, and they yep. set records um, for that win streak. But I'm sorry. I know, as a Dodgers fan, a thing or two about regular season win streaks. Yawn! I need yeah. more. I mean, who cares? As a fan of a sport where it's so, you just never know. Nobody thought the Braves would win the World Series this year. And I just think, like, it's such 
like we get so hyped at these regular uh, season win streaks, but it doesn't matter. It no, doesn't. and 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 you're you're completely right. And even Billy says it in the movie where he yeah. was like, nobody's gonna remember the fact that we had a twenty game win streak, even though it was the best. It, was it tied? for MLB record? It's not, the, it's it not the... the record. I think the record is held by the 1926 Giants who won 26 games in a row. But it's, okay. it's the AL record, I think. Yeah. they. I couldn't remember if they tied or won it. But yeah, he was like, nobody's going to care if we don't win the World Series. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad he brought that up. But yeah, you get so wrapped up as a fan of your team that you go on a 20-game win streak, it's everything to you especially for a team who consistently loses and misses out on the playoffs like it's a huge deal and so as a fan in the moment i would be so excited but now looking back on it i'm just like that means nothing and it's sad but that's pretty much how it is nowadays when you play 162 games 20 games is nothing and we can just look at the Atlanta Braves this past year. 20 games was nothing. They sucked for like two whole months mm. and mm. then finally and now won the World Series. So, OK, so I have an answer in terms of win streaks that I just Wikipedia. Um, I was it's not 1926 Giants. It's the 1916 Giants which okay. won 26 games in a row. And then, of course, we recall this. The uh, 2017 Cleveland Indians won 22 games in a row, which beat, mm. uh, which beat the uh, A's 20. Oh, and actually, the 1935 Cubs won 21 in a row. So there, it's not, but the 2002 A's did win 20 games in a row. So it's not, okay. uh, yeah. Um, wow, and then they lost, <laughs> to end that streak... Uh, the first defeat was an 0-6 loss to the Minnesota Twins. We didn't see that in the movie. Uh, I know. That sucks. <laughs> um, they got shut out in a lot. That sucks after I won 20 in a row. Um, yeah, I, I want to say as part of that win streak, though, it cannot go unnoticed that, of course, Billy didn't watch the games, and his kid told him to go back because they were up by 11 runs. And you never, you never go back. You never do anything to fuck with the jinx. The jinx is real. We've all been there. You cannot I say- feel like every single movie when a kid tells you to do something, no, never. never listen to the kid. Mm -mm. Every single time the kid will be wrong. There has never been a smart child in any single movie I've mm. ever seen in my life. Um, and that's just how it is. Yeah, I well, I like, you know, I remember like I cannot, my mom will be like, aren't you excited? You know, in the middle of like a, a big Dodger win. I'll be like, no, game not over. Shit happens. And shit did happen. They blew an 11 run lead, but then they ended up winning in a walk-off home run by Scott, our friend Scott. Um, and that was their, I guess, it was either their 19th or 20th. That was their 20th win, I think, of the 20 win streak. Um, but I just felt that so hard. I mean, I felt that jinx. Everybody, we all know jinx. We've all been there with oh, the jinx. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we're, I mean, we're closing in on the climactic moment of the movie. Of course, we're closing in on the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll just dive right in. So they lost in what I believe was the ALDS. Uh, so in other words, a division round of the of the playoffs. 
um, yep. the, the A's did. And that hurt. That was like an oof moment. That was a cringe moment. Um, I, I felt the pain again, as I did at the beginning of the movie. Um, it sucks so hard. It sucks so hard. And of course, like, you know, since 2002, we think of small market teams that have won the World Series. Kansas City Royals won it against the, against the Mets. The Mets? That was that year, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't Um, remind me of that one. And then, of course, you know, the Indians came really close, but didn't win it in the year that the Cubs broke their uh, streak. And then the Angels won it, uh, I think, in 2002. Um, Yes. That was the Angels' year. Yes, that was the Angels' year. So that was the year that they won the whole World Series. So that's a smaller market team. So, or kind of a smaller market. They, they claim to be Los Angeles or not. They're Anaheim, which is a small market. Anyway, um, you know, so we have seen it. And Tampa very nearly won it a few times in that time span, which, of course, we know famously is a small market team. Um, Toronto came close. So teams have come close. I'm thinking for some reason only American League teams come to mind. Uh, there are small market I guess like, I think it's just because the National League is so big East Coast cities that it's really hard kind of. to be like small market like uh, NL East is Washington, another New York, Philly is pretty big still. Atlanta is I mean, it's like mid That's big. I would say. Well, I would say it's like mid. I, I don't know if it's like the biggest, but I don't think the South is very big market. I would say I mean like Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is small-ish. Um, the Pirates. Uh, you got, let's see, the the NL Central. Uh, Milwaukee is a kind of okay, a ish yeah. smaller market, and they have come close in years past. Um, and then, yeah, so you have a few here and there. I mean, like San Diego kind of, you can like sort of say-ish. Um, but again, like kind of big cities within, yeah, so it's a little different. Um but anywho, regardless, yeah, St. Louis is a huge market. Yeah, so there's a lot of big markets. Um, um, I would just, I would just, and and that leads us in perfectly into the very end of the movie, which is where he uh, is courted by the Boston Red Sox to become their GM, and he's given a figure we'd never learn how much, but it would have been. Oh, we do learn how much it would have made twelve point five, right? Twelve point five million dollars. million, which... Highest paid GM in history. Right? And, you know, I know this movie preaches, like, money isn't everything, kind of. I would take the fucking money. I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I'm really glad we brought that up, and I don't care if that makes me selfish. To be the title, I don't care if I do shit. I don't care if I do shit with that. I don't care if we lose every single game. $12.5 million a year and being called the highest paid GM in history. Right. I'm taking the money. I'm taking the money. And it it must, I I wonder how much Billy Bean sits at home feeling bad because since that time, of course, the Red Sox broke their curse in 2004. Then they won again in 2007, I believe. And then again in 2013 or something like that. And then again in 2018. And uh, that's four times that he could have yeah. 
ushered in a World Series. And it just, and also, like, since that time, the Yankees have won the World Series once. The Dodgers have won the World Series once. The It feels like all the, the Cubs have won the World Series once. So it feels like a lot of the bigger market teams, it sort of goes against their, uh, credo, their um, credo, their philosophy of of small market teams because a lot in recent years has been big market teams with a lot of money. Sorry. Yeah. And you know what? And he, but he's been offered other jobs since like the Mets just offered him and he was like, no, I'm fine in Oakland. I'm like, you guys are going to lose your stadium. What is Mm. nothing's happening. Yeah. We haven't even, we haven't even talked about the fact how Oakland is collapsing. It's like, yeah. Um, it, it might not even stay in Oakland. I heard. I think there's rumors for them to go to Las Vegas. Vegas yeah, which would be very interesting. A very weird turn of events to the story, but also to like, I would argue Vegas is like the capitalist center of the United States. Yeah, with the gambling, with everything sure. going on, Shopping. it is. Yeah, yeah, Big. a very would be a very sad turn of events. Um, (laughs) it's certainly a big city yeah it's it's interesting with Oakland because they lost their basketball team in the Warriors they moved to San Francisco big market they lost their football team in the Raiders they moved to Vegas big market um and they don't have a hockey team the hockey team's in San Jose which is NorCal um and so and they have the soccer team maybe I don't know but Obviously, the A's are their last remaining big-ish team, or at least uh, revered. It's a you know famous team, the A's, and they've been around forever. Um, and for it to also move to Vegas, as you said, would be like pretty ironic. So, I mean, it is. It's certainly uh, nobody likes the stadium. The Oakland Coliseum is where they play. Um, nobody likes it. It's sort of like a dirt. It's dirt heavy. I mean, it, it sort of doesn't even make sense. The bullpen is like, it, they they like do warm-up pitches kind of on the same plane as where the players are. It's kind of weird. I think it's the last field to do that, actually. Um, and I think the A's colors are cool, but that maybe is like the only cool and different, but that's like the only cool thing about the A's. Sorry, Oakland. Don't be mad at us. <laughs> No, I I kind of agree though. Like, but I feel like Oakland is one of those teams that if the off chance they ever do perform well, like in the off season, they're like my go-to team to support for some reason. And I think maybe it's because of this movie, I just have a very like underdog, you yeah. know, my my second little favorite team to root for. Right. But no, they really don't got a lot going for them, which is kind of a shame, especially after the success that came out. Like, I still count mm-hmm. that 2002 season as successful compared to the situations that unfolded. And I don't know if it's really even ever talked about as much. Like, I feel like the movie definitely brought attention to them. Right. Otherwise, I think this completely would have flown under the radar. I don't even know if as many teams would have picked up on this if the book didn't come out and then mm. later the movie came out, which mm. is just something cool. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, Billy Bean is a known... They do have star power on the A, like, don't be mistaken. Obviously, in of uh, you know, the Dodgers beat them in the World Series in 88, but then they also won the World Series in, I believe, 89 and 90. Um, 
And so they do have World Series winners. Dennis Eckersley is a very famous closer. Um, we see now they have a uh, third baseman whose name escapes me right now. They do have star power on the A's. Um, and they're always like in the playoff mix. Uh, so it's there, you know, and they're never bad. They're just, I mean, right now they're in a division which like Texas spent a lot of money. The Angels, people think are a factor. They never are. The Astros are always going to be good, even though people hate them. And they, they're, now they're cursed. Call them a curse. And, um, and so they're in kind of a tricky situation divisionally, but I, 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 um, yes, I I was going to say to your point, there are a few teams that if they won the world series and didn't beat the Dodgers to get there, I wouldn't feel resentment if they won. And there's only a few teams like that, that I, that I feel completely emotionally neutral about that. I'd actually be happy for them if they won the world series, unless they were playing the Dodgers in the world series. And one of those teams is the A's. I mean, there's a few teams, Cleveland. I want their drive to end. Uh, unless of course it was against the Dodgers, Tampa, same thing. I feel a certain way about Tampa for some reason. I, you know what, as somebody who grew up in the Durham area. The Tampa Bay Rays are my second favorite team. They are okay. I I love I love the players on the team. The players mm-hmm. on the team give me this energy, mm-hmm. like Oakland A's 2002 energy. Okay. And I love seeing them play and I think that's really important is that this team, this is basically the ragtag team at the time. You get your um justice the veteran who everybody thinks is washed you know but he still is there the person you know chris pratt's nerve damage guy we got going on the weird throw you know and i think it's really interesting also something we didn't talk about was the fact that because um can't catch anymore his arm is completely shot because of nerve damage they put him to play first base. Right. And he has no idea how to play first base. Right. And he, in, in spring training, when we get the scenes, he's like, he's doing the Max Scherzer, like yelling at yourself before you start running and doing all those things. He does yes. that. And he, the the progression of him learning first base was very interesting to me. And the idea of a player having to switch positions because it was seen at first like this big deal. Like, you can't switch positions. I think that's stupid. And I think we should see that more often. And mm. we see it a lot in the outfielders. I mm-hmm. saw it a lot in the Mets. We had people who never played center field playing center field. We had people who were left fielders playing second base yeah. for some reason. So I don't know at the time, I don't know if this has changed since, but I don't think it should be taboo to have your players switch positions, you know, at all. I think it's actually kind of cool. And I think it makes them more unique and more like helpful as a player. If you, especially you're going to get traded or you need to make money off of them. They're a versatile player. Yes. Obviously we see that. I think since Billy, that's also been a technique employed is, is, is versatility. The Dodgers use it all the fucking time. Chris Taylor, Kike, um, get last season. Gavin Lux was a infielder who played, center field um which is just an interesting especially to do with young players who still have speed and strength it's a very kind of interesting tactic to employ in certain circumstances sometimes it's smart sometimes it's dumb it's just a matter of how the player 
how talented they are, really. Um, yeah, but I do, I, I do think it's clever to use players in different ways. Um, they're being paid a shit ton of money, so might as well uh, be flexible in that way. Um, so we're kind of at the end of the movie. I just have one confusing moment. Okay. Okay, so at the very end, before Billy rejects the Red Sox offer, there's a metaphor employed between him and Peter. And it's the guy who wouldn't round second uh, that Peter was showing to Billy on the screen. He wouldn't round second, even though he hit a... But then he did, this time, round second, only to hit a home run. I think that... I didn't understand the metaphor. I think it meant, like... When you go for it, good things happen. I didn't, I think. That sounds about right. I would say that that is the metaphor. It's very, they use, okay, while the dialogue is good, they do use some complicated, like, references sometimes that I didn't get. Maybe it's just because I also was born at the time this was happening. And so this is kind of, like, very repressed knowledge that i have but okay i would i would say that metaphor is pretty accurate with everything going on in the movie okay well good if you guys at home know more succinctly what that metaphor means uh make sure to chat us and dm us on social media (laughs) um i want to know because it was a long Mm -hmm. thing he was showing a video of a guy who uh, was bigger and Wanted to run second, but then went back to first only to realize he hit a home run. And I didn't understand it. Anyway, that's the part of the movie we were talking about. So let's go right into, I mean, we gave you guys a good little synopsis of Moneyball. I, and I mean, we'll give it our rankings and stuff, but all in all, I just want to say it's such a fucking good movie. And it's so intense. You're like in it with them. You can't stop. You can't put it on pause. It's on Netflix. Uh, so it's very accessible. Uh, Maddie, any closing thoughts? Um, no, other than I would say it's a must-watch movie. I would say it's a must-watch. And I think it's really a good movie to know if you're interested in a lot of, like, early 2000s baseball history. Because you see a lot of um, players who get a second chance. It's like going to, like, an adoption shelter. And you see all, like, the old dogs... Or, like, the, the ones that have, like, something wrong with them. And they're all in, like, a little team together. I think it's really cute. I think it's definitely much... It sends a stronger message than some other baseball movies, I think. Yes. Um, and it also teaches you a lot about... A ton. The, the 21st century baseball and how it's played with saber metrics. Mm. How a player is valued. What it looks like behind the scenes because it's so secretive nowadays like nobody wants to talk about it so yeah i think it's definitely interesting especially if you're interested in that aspect of baseball i haven't read the book i kind of want to read the book oh, and i get yeah, to it you should. but i think they do a really good job with this movie i think the acting is phenomenal i think the writing was really good so I think it was not it yes of- it was nominated for a shit ton of awards if you go on their wikipedia page uh it didn't win any oscars or golden globes but it got nominated like six times each, including Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt, the movie. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote it. I didn't know that either. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's very talented. If you guys like um, uh, West Wing. <laughs> Couldn't think of the name. Um, Phil Silverhoffen, obviously, is fantastic, too. Um, so, yes. Uh, my closing thoughts are, great movie. Love it so much. So in it. It was so entertained, even having watched it already. Um 
But as I said earlier, it's depressing as hell that Billy and the A's still have not won the World Series since the movie came out. We're in 2021. It's almost been 20 years. Billy is still there. Um, the A's are still a small market team and still always knocking on the door. Uh, they frequently become a wild card team and then lose to the Yankees. That's been their sort of MO in, in, in recent history, which is, again, ironic, um, <laughs> considering the circumstances. But yeah, I, I just think it's a bit sad. And, you know, as we look out into the future of playoff baseball, you know, do we see the A's as contenders in that way? Mm, you know, we definitely no. see the Dodgers and probably the Red Sox. We see the Astros as being a name. The Mets can call themselves a contender, even though the Braves will probably be. They're more like a no, wild we're, card we're team. we're contenders now. We're contenders now. Well, you lost Thor, and you don't really have a great offense. Uh, we did get Scherzer, though. And you lost Javi. Right. So two but, pitchers. Okay, but to be fair, two old I don't even pitchers. feel that bad. I don't even feel that bad about Javier Baez because where did he go? He went to Detroit. I'm not, I don't mind him going to Detroit of all places. I know. I don't mind it. I don't mind at all him going to Detroit. If anything, it's better than anybody else. I'm not mad about the trade. I can't even be mad about the Aaron Loop and Noah Syndergaard to the Angels because I really have no beef with the Angels. I like Shohei Otani. I like Mike Trout. I can't. Well, we know that, that we know that yeah but it's you know it's okay i'm oh, shocked actually i didn't know if you were going to be a i don't know how the california rivalries go on i didn't know if you were a big <sighs> athletics about. hater it's one of those things like people want to make the padres and the dodgers a rivalry they want to make the angels and the dodgers a rivalry they're not the only real rivalry in california that's very real is the giants and the dodgers and that's actually legit and people actually care um it's just the media trying to like create narratives that don't exist i think it's insane that california has four teams i just think that's absolutely nuts is it only four let's see the angels oh no it's five yeah it's it's five five. the angels the padres the dodgers uh the a's and there's definitely another one (laughs) um shoot uh i'll have to think about it maybe there is only four I, yeah. I, did I say the Giants? The Dodgers, no. Giants, Padres, A's, Angels. Five. Yeah, five. It's five. five. You yeah. guys could be your own little league, California yeah. league. Little. I mean that that is what it is in basketball. It's like a Pacific. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fun. Uh. But yeah, you know. Um. Uh. Right. So that's my closing statement that it's a really good movie it's depressing that the theory hasn't worked to the extent that i'm sure billy bean would like he's a very competitive guy and i'm sure he's been really upset over these last 20 years but he'll keep at it for as long as he can and uh he's certainly a hall of famer when he hangs it up so uh good on billy bean he's hot not i mean kind of in real life but also more so brad pitt and young by the way young billy bean also was like pretty good looking too so they did a good oh, job yeah they definitely made him hollywood hollywood attractive Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Maddie, what's your favorite scene? So my favorite scene, there's kind of two of them. And I think it's every single time we got the shot of all of the staff in the board meeting where they're discussing all of the players and all the trades. I love the dynamic between Billy Bean, all of the old men. Yeah. When Peter finally comes in and gets involved with it, specifically the scene where he starts going on his little speech and he 
points at him and he goes, am I supposed to start talking? Like, what's the deal here? He doesn't understand the atmosphere. I love seeing behind the scenes stuff like that. I I love um, the debates and the discussions that go on between how a player is chosen. I think it was done well. I think there was some witty jokes in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love those scenes the best, I think, out of all of the movie, but I would love to hear what yours is. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I Similarly, I loved all the boardroom scenes. I loved all the deal scenes when we get into the technicalities of it. It's just really interesting to me. Um, and they were really funny, too. Um, the I think my favorite scene was when Billy was in the... Uh, when his, in his office with Peter... And Peter's hating the moves he makes. And it's like, what do you do? What are you doing? What are you doing? And Billy just keeps doing them and he keeps calling different people. And and then he says a great line, when you get the answer you want, hang up. I just loved, it was poetry to me. I just loved that line and that scene. I loved Peter's angst against Billy's like coolness. That happened so many times. Uh, the like snapping at him, you know, at that first one was really funny. Pulling him away from his job at the Indians was hilarious. Just like, I'm taking oh, yeah. him. Um, I thought it was a really cute dynamic, too. And Joan Hill just played it excellently. We, we haven't really given him his props as much. Uh, but he was so good. Um, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed seeing him in that role. And he can play so many different parts that he's a very diverse um, actor, too. That was my favorite scene. Um, so we'll wrap it up with rankings. Maddie, out of 10, what are you giving it? So we've already said, like, by far, this is my favorite yeah. baseball movie of all time, probably. I love this movie. I love pretty much everything about it. Um, mm. The kid, I feel like every single time in a movie, a kid always annoys me. And the daughter was like, <laughs> she was like, okay, but she no, was like preteen she's like preteen angsty the fact that she called him and was like you're gonna do so good if you watch the team no i also didn't really care about her singing i I just have no interest in the daughter i think it was whatever so i think maybe if the daughter was not in the movie even though that she was a real person and probably did have an important aspect on his life i could have done without her Mm. but Otherwise, movies shot great. The script is great. The acting is great. I yeah. love the story of it. I love the message of it. Mm. So I would probably give this. I I don't know if I should give this a ten, but maybe ooh. a nine point. I I don't know if I should give it a nine point five or a ten. Ooh. Ooh. But ooh. it ooh. is it is my favorite. It's in my top five favorite movies. Period. Probably. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. Um, like you, the daughter annoyed me, although, like I said, that song is such a, like, my my sister loved that fucking song, and so it got, like, uh, one of those, like, annoying, like, the Pharrell song, Happy, like, how that song you just hated after a while because you heard it too many times. Um, that was this song back in the day. So the daughter brings it down a little. I didn't like the scenes, really, with the exes and, like, the, the, like, new husband of the I, I i thought those were a little unnecessary um but i you know obviously like you said his family life was real and it existed i just thought maybe it didn't flow as well um within the greater context of the movie um and i thought they could have showed a little more baseball i mean they showed plenty um like we saw we we mostly heard about the winning or the losing we didn't see it a whole bunch I mean, we saw a little bit in montages, um, 
but you know, I love just seeing baseball. Uh, that's what, yeah. that's what it's all about for me. And they do it a lot in some of my other favorite baseball movies that we'll be seeing later on in this podcast. Um, I think I'm thinking of 42. I'm thinking of, oh, yeah. of their own. Um, so there's a lot more baseball played. This one had it a little bit. I would have also liked to see more Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like we kind of lose him towards the end, like when they're winning and we lose him. Like what's his perspective on when they lost the ALDS? I would love to, you know, or like a little more mm-hmm. scenes with him involved. So for, but overall, I mean, that's just being really nitpicky at the end of the day. I really enjoyed the movie. I give it a nine because I think I want to leave room for like the ultimate, 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 ultimate. Um, That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a 9, maybe even 8.75, just because of the factors I mentioned. But it was really, really strong. It might even be the best movie that we watch in the length of this podcast. I don't know. Uh, See, the difficult thing is I really love the drama historical baseballs. Yes. 42 is also yes. my second favorite. So yes. those that you're going to see that trend where I didn't yeah. care about Field of Dreams enough. No. Shocker. I didn't care about it anyway. Those but the movies that have like, I think, a real strong message or it's something real that happened. I feel like I have more of a connection with it. It, mm. it feels more baseball. I feel like more like a fan when I watch it rather than some ghosts that play in Iowa. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> I'm very excited for those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in, in the grand scheme of baseball movies, this is the one rare few of the movies that I have seen prior to us watching it. And so it's nice to rewatch it. I'm glad we did. It is. It is, and I think we have a lot of good movies to come. Um, that concludes Moneyball. We don't know what we're doing next week because, as normal, we don't talk about things until the last minute. <laughs> uh, it's been crazy with the holidays, guys. Forgive, forgive. It's been crazy. We're recording this literally on a Wednesday afternoon, so be chill. Uh, we're doing the best we can. I have a dermatology appointment, so we fit things in when we can. Uh, wish me luck on my moles. That was a, a side for the audience and for Maddie. Um, I'm sure my moles will be fine. <laughs> Gotta get my moles checked. Um, but yeah, uh, we hope you enjoy Moneyball as much as we did. So there's high rankings to be had. Let us know in the comments of social medias if you like the movie or if you have your own critique. We'd love to hear. Uh, we don't know when this episode will drop, but you'll hear it when it does. Uh, and again, we will do... The movie is definitely a surprise because under... The, in the like shared note that we have we don't have a movie picked out yet uh, we need to talk but thank you Maddie and thank you guys for listening in um, as always uh, we love you so much if you like this podcast tell your friends about us we are on Spotify but then we're also we have our own website uh, com. we're on Instagram Twitter mainly um tiktok we are going to get up and running probably in the new year so look out for that uh we have articles the articles have been a little bit uh uh sporadic as of late but again the holidays has kind of thrown us off combined with the off season uh but i think uh if you guys remember ben from last time ben's article dropped yesterday so go check that out um if you would like to message us individually go ahead and do so we'd love to hear from our fans 
And again, tell your friends about us because we want to keep going and doing this. And maybe one day making money from it would be like really cool. And with the theme of Moneyball, you know, we are also a small market podcast. So uh, uh, help us get off the ground. <laughs> help us be Brad Pitt. Help us be Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. You know, some people Please. call Heather and Maddie the Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill of baseball podcasts. And to, I and would to say that, so. Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm Brad Pitt. Called Ooh. it. Uh, no, I'm probably Jonah Hill. You're probably Brad Pitt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't. After I failed economics, I am so not. Yeah, Peter Brandt. maybe, maybe I'm the uh, anxious, <laughs> neurotic, and you're the like cool, chill. That makes more sense. Um, so that's that's this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week or maybe in a week and a half. I don't know when this, whenever this drops, we'll have to talk about it. I love you guys, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. To Batter's Box Office. I think this is episode five. We'll see you for episode six in the coming weeks. Bye! I don't know why I waved. Bye! This is, this is audio only. Okay, bye!